Hello, 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 and welcome to the Dr. Chaos Podcast. It's been a while, folks, uh, since we've been on the air, but you know what? There's a lot of things happening, so we have to come back. But um, before I go any further, let me introduce my, my partner in crime, one of my best friends, and one of the best cybersecurity professionals I know, uh, Jonas. Jonas, how are you doing? What an introduction. I'm doing great, Amor. I just recovered from COVID, but uh, it gave me some time to see what's happening in cyberspace. And it was a busy week. We have seen a lot of activity on the cybercrime, on the cyber activity side, and especially with the conflict between Russia and the Ukraine these days. There were a lot of leaks, which I think will have big impacts on what is going to happen in cybercrime in the near future. But uh, how did you get here, Amor? Because I saw some leaks publicly available on the internet. Can you give me a short summary of how we even end up here? Well, how, how did we get here? This is something that I've been trying to figure out since March of 2020 is how do we get here, man? Uh, it seems like we went through one, uh, you know, one terrible thing after another. And now the reward after surviving two years of COVID is a, a possible world war. And, uh, and really like, you know, you know, I'm hope I'm hoping I'm wrong, obviously, and uh, and I'm joking a little bit, but you know how we got here is obviously, uh, you know, uh, Russia has invaded Ukraine, um, and we're gonna stick to the facts here, not trying to be political or anything, but uh, Russia, ha- you know, is is attacking Ukraine, and and Conti, which is a well known threat actor, uh, that's actually been involved in a, quite a number of threat actic- uh, act actor activities for a long time, um, you know, came out with a statement saying they fully support Russia, that they fully support uh, the movement Russia is doing, and they're supporting their efforts to um, really, really take over Ukraine um, for a number of reasons. Like I said, we're not going to get into the politics of it. Uh, there's, uh, you know, reasons on both sides, but um, that's that's really how we got here. And, uh, you know, you know, really what happened next at, at that point, a lot of people, as you know, Jonas, weren't happy about that statement. Yeah, definitely. And one of the researchers, it seems like from the Ukraine, was able to get access to Conti's internal infrastructure. And I think it's important to point out Conti at this point in time is the biggest ransomware group out there. So it's it's the number one spot. It's the king of the dark web when it comes to ransomware attacks. And they made apparently billions of money in revenue over the last year. So we are talking about the cybercrime unicorn here. So um, someone was able to leak a lot of very sensitive information. And I know you went through a lot of these chat leaks as well, and we were able to dig out a lot of information, but everything is written in Russian. So we use a lot of translators. We work together with people who can speak the language natively. But, but, but man, this is a gold mine. And I think there's so much data to digest that pretty much every single day we will have new findings. Yeah, no, absolutely. So just to summarize and, um, you know, keep me honest is so uh, essentially, you know, supposedly or allegedly a Ukraine hacker got got into Conti's infrastructure and essentially for the most part, they stole like a lot of emails and other communications happening between different members of Conti. And, um, and, you know, what that revealed to us was, well, first of all, how do they think like, right. And, you know, a little bit about their internal structure and, by the way, as you said, this is not a small group. This is like rivaling some of the biggest companies and organizations in the world. So they have 
they have a lot of structure. Um, they're they're probably uh, like it's it's not like a startup. It's like like corporate world America. You know, they have uh, you know CEO, CEOs, CFOs, um, account managers. They, they're counting the money. Uh, they're looking at where the money is getting spent. They're looking at expenses. Uh, they're looking at a lot of different things. And I was, um, I mean, we always talk about that. Uh, I've seen it before, so I'm not really surprised about that. But it's still amazing how a criminal organization can stay that focused and really almost no. it reminds me of like watching shows like the Sopranos and some of the, uh, you know, mob shows where you see like these criminal organizations, but they still have to st- stay pretty organized as well uh, to make sure the money kept on flowing. Yeah, definitely. And you can see like similar techniques or similar work style being used in, in this cybercrime group. So they're talking about working in sprints, so agile development. So this is something which I had to smile a little bit because that's something which we see on the legitimate business side all the time. We see, um, in, we get a lot of insights about how they recruit people from local universities. So they give them challenges. And if they succeed in these challenges, they offer them jobs for for pretty high positions inside their inside their, their corporation. We see a lot of communications, but also on the, on the private side. Uh, their chat logs about wishing each other a happy new year. Um, during, during December, we see insights about how they think we should negotiate with their victims. So sometimes they discuss, should we be more aggressive with this one? Or should we do some bluffing? Because we know we don't have that much. So it, it re- really is interesting to see that these corporations they work like normal businesses they have ceos account managers people with sales quotas top-notch support but everything is driven by malicious intentions so that's the, the biggest differentiator here yeah absolutely you know i thought it was kind of funny that some of the emails kind of showed like employees asking for time off and vacation and holiday time asking for uh you know salary increases um you know just having private chats with other colleagues um you know you know as we talked about this earlier me and you it seemed like the Employees were rather happy, and uh, you know they they seem to be getting paid. Uh, you know, you know, we had a discussion about this. They seem to be getting paid a good salary for where we think they're coming from, like their location is based. But it's still, uh, you know, uh, it's still very small compared to what you would get, I think, in a um, you know a completely developed industrial country like the United States or uh, the EU. Uh, very, very small compared to that, but uh, compared to like where we think they're coming from. Um, you know, a very, you know, decent salary, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Especially considering the whole activity is malicious. So they know there's a certain risk involved that if they get caught, they end up in in jail. But I think what this cybercrime group is doing quite well is keeping the people loyal in overall, because some of the leaks showed back when they were working together with other um, threat actors like uh, the TrickBot group, back in uh, uh, 2020, when someone was um, being arrested by law enforcement, they were studying up for them and providing the best, um, the best, the best lawyers for them. They're investing a lot of money to, to help their people out. So it seems like the, the people who work there, they, they want to provide the best environment possible and, and really think in a, in a bigger way, the bigger picture. Yeah, you know, and it's so funny that reminds me of uh, some of these like uh, mob shows that I've been uh, talking to you about, like, uh, you know, Sopranos or Breaking Brad or other things like that's what they did in those shows, too, is they kind of had this fun, this hidden fun, like, hey, if you get caught, don't worry, we'll take care of your family. And we hire the best lawyers. It really just seems like it's just 
a new extension. This is like like the the mob era of the 1930s uh, that we had in like the Chicago, uh, you know, lands over here, and just like expanding out to the next generation in the digital world. So so uh, I, I I agree with you, and it's uh, you know you know, and it does you know first of all to me from a technical level, um, you know, I noticed like they're not hesitant to work with other rivals as well, especially if they can team up, especially if they can, uh, you know, you know, uh, leverage, um, you know, some sort of technology. Uh, what we have seen Conti do is, um, you know, maybe by a little bit of luck that they, they seem like they, they kind of took over a lot of their rivals, like infrastructure, or at least their, uh, their market share as those rivals started getting caught and started getting, uh, you know, taken down. They like, okay, you know what, we're going to continue without them and kind of do our own thing and, uh, grow a little bigger. Yeah, especially considering the amount of money they have available. I mean, they, there are reports of Bitcoin wallets having more than 2.7 billion inside them. And of course, that's not the total amount of money they made because Bitcoin appreciated quite well over the last years. But if you have that much money available, you have some powerful possibilities going to these zero-day exchange brokers and pretty much buy every zero-day you want, which is out there, which then will enable you to carry out even more devastating attacks in the in the near future yeah so th they have enough money to really do anything that they want they're they're they, you know they have more money than than a lot of like small nations most likely and uh that that is scary right uh they can they can do anything they want so um jonas let me let me turn around what do these leaks mean for uh us security defenders like uh in, in your opinion this is a good thing bad thing any, any thoughts uh whatsoever around that I think on, on one hand, it's, as mentioned earlier, it's a goldmine for everyone who's interested in security out there to really get very interesting insights. But I think we should not underestimate what it means for the future when it comes to cybercrime, because seeing all these chat logs might be interesting and sometimes funny to read. But when we think about the source code being leaked and the software which this threat actor is using, I'm a little bit concerned as well about the copycats attacks in the near future, because we know what they are doing is very effective and efficient. They have been testing their malware against multiple security layers. They are buying security layers to, to, to make them um, to, to make it possible to evade them. And having all these malware code source codes out there, these leaks out there, I do believe it's not only the security researchers who have a very close look to all the leaks. It's also different kind of threat actors out there. We're trying to get their piece of the pie here and they're reusing and adapting the code and are carrying out what has been working very well in the past now in their own attack. So this is something which um, scares me a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would agree with you because we've seen this time over time again is where, you know, um, as these older attacks um, become more common as sort of source code gets leaked, um, a lot of people have, you know, taken that sometimes non-modified, sometimes modified, uh, uh, you know, uh, and started making, uh, you know, new attacks. And that's that's always a problem. It opens it up for, uh, you know, a skill set that's a lot lower than what was originally needed. They're taking, you know, someone else's work and essentially replaying them. Um, then when you do get someone that's more sophisticated, they can actually like, you know, make the attack even better. So that that is a little scary. Um, and the one thing, as you mentioned with Conti is they've been extremely successful. And not, not only is there 
their source code leaking, but there's an insight on how they conduct their attacks. And um, honestly, I feel like uh, a lot of people could study this uh, for just a little bit of time and be very successful in becoming a criminal if they wanted to. Hopefully, they're not going to do that. But that that is a that is a little scary part. On, on the plus side, I will mention that a lot of their techniques that they have been using, we've been preaching for years, like me and you have been preaching for years, like things that people should do in general to stop attacks. And I think a lot of the things we've been preaching it would have mitigated a lot of these attacks, things like just having patches, just making sure that, you, you know, you, you your user credentials are, you know, properly uh, administered and implemented. Like, you know, you're not logging in as admin everywhere. Uh, you actually have user rights. You have segmentation. Uh, you have containers, things of that nature, um, have backups and where the backups are being, you know, attacked and stored and, and verified. So a lot of just basic cyber hygiene that we've talked about it for years that me and you have written a number of articles and blogs for, I think a lot of that would have actually just helped um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I saw in the leaks. Definitely. But uh, Amar, I have, I have one question to you regarding Conte itself. What do you think will be the future for them? Do you think they're too big to fail? Do you think there's too much trust, um, trust gone from their affiliate groups? Or do you think there will be a rebranding? What, what is your guess? How, it will, how will Conte move on at this point? Uh, you know, you know, I I don't know, but I think in the short term it makes no difference to them. I think you, it it is almost too big to fail, at least on on uh, on the short term. Um, you know, because of probably their uh, geographic re regions, probably because to really take Conti down, you probably need cooperation from uh, lots of different governments. Uh, some of them, which are probably going to be involved in a conflict here, uh, you know, against each other. Uh, so maybe, maybe it's not the, it's not going to be the opportune time to really do much damage to them. But I, I think eventually I'm hoping eventually that, uh, you know, you know, uh, the world, as always, will come together. We'll see the light and we'll fight the good fight uh, for all things, for uh, everyone out there and all all fronts, uh, including the cyber front. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm getting a little too, uh, you know, uh, melodramatic here, but I do feel like eventually, uh, you know, the you know, the good things will happen. But I think short term, we got to be prepared for, um, you know, this may even motivate them more to attack, attack more. I completely agree. And even let's imagine they go completely dark and will never operate again. I do believe we, we know how much money there is in cybercrime and there will be always a new contender for the next number one spot on the, on the ransomware side. So cybercrime is definitely not going away. Um, we will see what the implications will be in the, in the future. And Keep in, keep in mind, we're still in the middle of it. Uh, all of this happened in the last couple of days. So in, in a few days or maybe a few weeks, we will probably have much more innovation available. But it was important to us to get the message out, what we know so far and what we think will happen in the near future. Absolutely. As always, Jonas, it is a pleasure talking with you on all things cyber. And this is Amar Lakani, a.k.a. Dr. Chaos, signing off. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>